And then he goes in and asks for Dr. Pepper. And I was like, literally, Bert is me. <laughs> like, he yep. just wants a Dr. Pepper and to watch his weird little nerdy show about the end of the world. And I've never related to a character more in a piece of media <laughs> than <laughs> this moment. <laughs> everyone and welcome back to hate spinnerbait the podcast where we hate spinnerbait but we love the world of waffles yes and we love their pencils yum 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 i'm michael ann and joined with me as always is bethany bethany how are you doing today i'm so good i spent the morning watching seven and eight year olds play basketball and i want y'all to know you haven't lived until you've watched seven and eight year olds play basketball i love the ones that like clearly know what they're doing They've watched a lot of basketball. They're like trying to like emulate their favorite players. And then there's the ones that just have absolutely no form. And it's adorable either way. Yes. I love going to my nieces and nephews sports games because they are so funny. Two of my nieces play hockey together and they get put in the penalty box so much and it's hilarious. (laughs) You're like, yes, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. hilarious so with the discussion of adorable children aside which i could just i think Mike Lane and i could just have an entire podcast where we just talk about our nieces and nephews because that's kind of what we do already but we are here to talk about the best sarah novel in my humble opinion so let's go ahead without further ado hit us with that recap okay so the last chapters we read so macy and wes were really into their game of truth they were really getting to know each other it was getting pretty cute. And then we see we had some issues with mom not understanding her very well, um, which is a very common Dessen trope. So we love to see it. Wes is the best big brother ever. Bert is really into Armageddon, the Armageddon, which is a fun addition to his character. I like that. Mega tsunami. <laughs> Mega tsunami. So, yeah, they're getting really close. Um, Her mom is kind of sketched out by all of the wish people just because she's like, basically because she's a snob. Like, I mean, that's basically like all it is. Like, she is a snob because that's how she's dealing with her grief. But she is ultimately just being like kind of a snob. Yes, accurate. So then where we left them was they were... Wes and Macy were like getting real close. They had gone on a little date that they didn't call a date to the Waffle House. I mean, World of Waffles. But it was a date. (laughs) But it was a date. And so we left them with her saying, um, what's one thing you would do right now if you could do anything? And this is when Wes passes. And he says, I'm going to have a question for you, but you need to give me time. It's going to be a really good one. Um, and that's where we that's where we left them. Falling in love. Falling in love. Ugh. Chapter 13, our girl Taylor's favorite number. And boy, am I excited to dive in. All right. So it opens up with um, Caitlin. 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 Caitlin, throwback. Throwback. <laughs> it is. It opens with Macy and Caroline and their mom um, looking at how the beach house is coming along. It looks really good. It's, you know, Caroline's like really into it. She's living the dream. Her husband's rich and she just gets to like do shit like this all the time. And you know what? 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 Right. A life to live, you know? So Macy's like watching her mom kind of look at this, these pictures and stuff. And she's saying that 
she could tell that her mother's mind was wandering to other houses, other paint chips, other fixtures, the ones in the townhouses, which were progressing on a parallel timeline to Caroline's project. I knew that to her, the beach house was distant past while her projects were present and future close enough to see from the top of our driveway, rising up over the next hill. Maybe you could go backwards and forwards at the same time, but it wasn't easy. You had to want to my sister, her mind dancing with images of plantation shutters and smooth blue kitchen tiles might not have been able to see this but i could i only hoped that eventually my mother would come around there's like always another thing about destin novels too is like the main character always has more of an insight into like her mom's feelings and her mom's like body language and stuff than the sibling ever does which i find really interesting Especially because her main characters are always the youngest child. Yes. Um, so I find that that dynamic is very interesting. I don't know like if that translates to my life at all, to be honest. Do you think you have greater insight into your mother than your siblings? <laughs> I mean, no. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if that counts for me at all either. I will say, I think. Like, we joke around sometimes that, like, I'm the, like, family historian. Well, A, because I used to hang out with my grandma a lot, and I used to have her tell me stories about the family, and B, because of a very good memory. So, like, if we're talking about, like, a trip from, you know, whatever, 12 years ago or something, my mom will be like, oh, you're the one with the memory. Like, do you remember what happened at this whatever? Which usually I do. I'm not, it's not, you know, a perfect memory, but I do have a very good memory. But I also think maybe if you're the youngest, like, you're – are at least stereotypically maybe more observant just because like yeah. you know like you were always the youngest you didn't have you know like growing up like I would say like you know you really had to like make yourself be heard in a situation because you were always competing you know with other people with other voices in your family as opposed to if you were an older child like you had you know a certain amount of years where it was just you so yeah, so maybe like that's kind of what what Sarah's going for here is that kind of like, you know, the the youngest tend to be like good observers, maybe, which I think it, I feel like I'm observant, I guess. <laughs> I feel like I'm the most observant person in the entire world. Like I there's like so many times like I Andrew always says that it's like creepy, but I can like read a person like right upon meeting them and I'm always right yeah yeah maybe this is our like youngest and our family superpower is just being crazy observant maybe sarah dustin's on to something again mm-hmm. for the umpteenth time i'm dying to ask her are you the youngest but like not like i stalk the woman but i have followed her social media you know for years now and she never like talks about siblings so i'm like how but i feel like she has to be the youngest sibling no. right I don't know. We'll find out one day. She has to be. We will. We're going to have her on the podcast one day. We we, we will. I don't know when, What's happening? but we will. So then we get a little time jump. Yes. A few nights later, she worked a 15th birthday party with Wish in the neighborhood. They picked her up because it was it's right next to her house, basically. And on the way back, Delia's like oh my god I have to pee so bad and Bert's like oh my god my Armageddon update Armageddon show it comes on in five minutes like we have to go and so basically Macy invites everybody inside because her mom is supposed to be away in Greensboro I saw Taylor Swift there once oh my god I can't wait to see Taylor Swift like I'm like on the edge of my seat I cannot wait for that concert anyway (laughs) so yeah she like invites everyone in and she's like it's totally fine because you know my mom's not home so she's not gonna she's not gonna worry about it and yeah what she says that she like hopes like she says like oh like I'd, I'd like to think that if my mom was home I'd still do this and it's like no you wouldn't have you would not have felt comfortable enough to invite all these people and I also love how stressed out Bert is in this scene about getting home to watch this show <laughs> so cute Bert is like just the freaking cutest 
But yeah, she says here, but the truth was ever since her talk with me about concerns of my priorities, I've stopped talking about my job at Wish or Christy or anything related to either. And yeah, like she's kind of pushing her mom away. Our mom wants to be closer and she's pushing her farther away because she's like, you want me to live a life that's just like not suitable for me, basically. Which I love that in the scene where her mom basically is like, you can talk to me about anything, you know, because she's upset that she didn't hear about Jason, like the breakup or break in air quotes (laughs) with Jason. She's like, you can talk to me about anything. And all she did is plant a seed that made Macy be like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I feel like I can't talk to you about anything. And yeah, when she's here, like it just seems smarter as well as safer to not talk about those things. I just felt like a little sad face because that just made me really sad. Like you should always feel safe going to your parents and telling them about what's going on in your life especially when it's things like none of these things are bad like it's not like she's like well mom just was you know shooting up some heroin last night like it's hanging out with a friend and working a catering show. right <laughs> like what right <clears throat> yeah i know i i remember like that's a big problem i think with some mothers and daughters not all but some is the mom is like you can trust me but they are not understanding that like their daughter at a certain age is smarter and thinking more than they're realizing if i'm making sense so like if your mom comes to you and she's like you can talk to me about this and you open up to her and then she like kind of betrays that trust by turning around on you and being like well you're a bad person or something or like i don't want you hanging out with these people when you just came to her to like vent and now she's like, stay away from this. Um, you know, you can like break a trust there with your daughter that you're probably not even realizing. There's just like a disconnect between, you know, teenage girl and her middle-aged mom. Yes. Big time. Um, that might've just been rambling bullshit, but I think I made sense. I, I, I was picking up what you were putting down. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> If your audience, it was just me, nailed it. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I think also other people will get it. But you know how they're like when you write something, they're always like, write for yourself or like write for an audience of like just one person, like your friend or some family member that you know will like it. And like you just hope that other people will like it. <laughs> so when yeah. I record this podcast, I was like, I'm just talking to Michael Ann. And then if other yeah. people enjoy it, cool. <laughs> yep. Yep. <sighs> okay. So she invites them in. They're inside. Everyone's in there. Um, Wes keeps doing this like really cute stuff with Bert where he's like reminding him of his manners. Like it's inside boys. Yeah. Be polite. Like don't ask for things. Do blah, blah, blah. Also, y'all know how much I love Bert. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you know how much I love Bert. But the fact that he's like stressed out about getting it home in time for a TV show, same. Like that was literally my entire childhood was like, will we make it home in time to watch Gilmore Girls? Like that was my main concern. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, we'll go to my sister's volleyball game, but will I make it home in time for Gilmore Girls or whatever, you know, I was watching? So felt him on that level. And then he goes in and asks for Dr. Pepper. And I was like, literally, Bert is me. <laughs> Like yep. he just wants a Dr. Pepper and to watch his weird little nerdy show about the end of the world. And I've never related to a character more in a piece of media <laughs> than at this moment. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, same Bert. I too would go in. Hey, if someone offers you a drink, I mean, I respect Wes for being like, yo, dude, mind your manners. But if someone offers a drink, I think it's fair game to ask if they have Dr. Pepper. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Especially if you're in the South, because I feel like Dr. Pepper is really popular down here. Yes, we boy do we love it mm. in these parts. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're all there, and there's you know Wes trying to tell Bert to to mind his manners, to get the show on, and Christy just makes herself comfortable. Like everyone's just kind of like wowed by the house because I mean they've been in it before. Obviously, they worked mm-hmm. an event there. That's how they all met. But. You know, like they were saying, like, oh, I didn't go to the bathroom the last time I was here. Like, I want to go. And Chrissy just kind of makes herself at home at the table. She's looking at the, you know, like Southern living or whatever it is that um, Caroline left. And so, you know, they're chatting over, which I I enjoyed this whole conversation between her and Wes when they're looking at the different, like, decor in this magazine. 
And then all of a sudden, what happens? But uh, her mom is not in Greensboro. <laughs> she is there. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. And as Macy says, the biggest gotcha of all. <laughs> that was really something. And her mom is is has her fake voice on. She's like, oh, I thought I heard voices. Interesting. Dang. what were you doing sitting in a dark house mom come on why didn't you tell Maisie you didn't leave yeah you weirdo the second you heard I understand that this house is big but like even in a big house you should be able to hear a front door open the second you heard a front door open you should have announced yourself but she purposely like stayed in her dark little office to like you know just like be difficult eavesdrop yeah yeah so, you know, she, her mom meets everyone. She is, this is a really bad chapter for mom. Like yeah, mom looks yes. bad here. But the first thing she does is she stares at Chrissy's scars that she has. And then Chrissy's like, you have a beautiful home. I love this countertop. And she's like, anyway, I told Macy if she's not careful, I'm moving in here. I heard you have extra bedrooms, which is just like a, funny like little thing to say she's not like serious or maybe she is i don't know and (laughs) then she's like my mother laughed politely then glanced at me i smiled noting how forced it felt like my lips weren't covering my teeth enough this was the way i always used to smile i thought when i had to work at it and it's like so we're seeing like in real time the difference of macy finding herself with the wish people and then like macy faking everything in order to make her mom comfortable yep her her worlds are colliding and not in a good way not in a good way at all yeah like everyone is being super polite and again like they're not doing anything bad she invited them in because a super pregnant lady had to pee and because bert was going to be late watching his show so she was like you know what 30 minute tv program sure come on in and her mom is acting like she has brought, like, delinquents into, like, she's just brought the worst, absolute terrible people that she could have ever brought. Like, again, you said earlier that her mom is very snobbish. Her mom comes off so snobbish in this chapter. Like, she is straight up a bitch in this chapter. Yeah. yeah. And, like, a lot of times I can have sympathy for the mom. You know, we discussed last episode about how she – She's also looking just as much as Macy is. She's looking for control and she's also grieving and she, you know, Macy's all she kind of has left in the house and you can kind of see why she might, you know, want her around more and whatnot. But in this chapter, like I have no sympathy for this woman. Like you're being a rich white lady Karen in this chapter. Like she she was never given off more like rich white lady vibes than in this chapter right she's being so judgmental but she like and like not for nothing it's not like macy's throwing like a rager like there's an adult there like you know there's a full-grown adult there yeah like seriously yeah it's not like it's just a bunch of like teenagers in the house which even if it was again they're not throwing a rager they're watching a tv show and reading right a design magazine (laughs) like there's they're being very polite and Wes is you know if she's sitting there eavesdropping like didn't you hear Wes being all like oh mind your manners to his brother and all this like then mm-hmm. you know use your inside voices like definitely not some kind of crazy party like he's telling his brother to calmly talk about his Armageddon show for Christ's sake and then her mom does that thing that I can like remember happening when I was younger and just being like no <laughs> Macy will you follow me to my office really quick so then they get in there and she closes the door and she's like, um, it's after 10. Don't you think it's a little late to have people over? Which like, by the way, it's the summertime. Like, yeah, I don't know about that. But she's like, Macy, you have to work in the morning at the library job that everyone's obsessed with. And um, <laughs> tomorrow's the 4th of July picnic, which Sarah Dessen is um, right there. A 4th of July Fourth picnic. 4th of July, baby. She loves the 4th of July. Our girl Love Dessen. It. She's like, it's not a good night for company. But really, she's like, I don't like these people. Like, if Jason was there, she'd be like, oh, my God, Jason. Mm-hmm. Stay as long as you want. Oh, Do yeah. you want a Dr. Pepper? <laughs> yeah, she'd offer Jason <laughs> a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> so then this is where mom, like, really upset me. Um, 
So mom says, what happened to Christy? And she says, oh, she was in a car accident. And her mom's like, poor thing. It must be horrible for her. And Macy's like, why do you say that? Because, you know, she barely notices Christy's scars anymore. And as we know, Christy has a really good outlook on life. And she is like, these scars are just part of me. And I have my own, you know, style. And I live my own life. And like, whatever. And then Macy's mom is says, well, only because of the disfigurement. It's hard enough being that age without a handicap to deal with. Yeah. And she's like, she's not handicapped. And her mom says, it's just so unfortunate. She'd be a pretty girl otherwise. That is like the meanest thing I've ever seen in a desk. Like that is so rude. It's that she is a pretty girl. She doesn't have to be. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. You know, scarless to be pretty. Like that's just. Oh, that just like really upset me. I was just like. That's such a mean thing to say. That's such a horrible thing to put into your like daughter's mind who's still developing and like trying to understand the world. Like her frontal lobe's not even developed yet. And you're putting in her head the idea that people with scars that have been through something can't be beautiful. And I just I feel like that is so fucked up. Yeah, I I completely agree. This, uh, as we said, this is not a good chapter for mom. This scene in particular, I think, is her worst moment. The second that she was like, what happened to Christy? I knew, you know, was, this conversation was not going to end well. But yeah, I didn't expect it to end as poorly as it did. Like, it's something to be like, oh, someone's a car accident. You'd be like, oh, wow. Like, poor, poor thing. Like, that's okay. That's fine. All right. Sure. Um, but seriously, why would that be like one of the first things you ask? You like pull your daughter into the room and you chastise her because it's after 10 during the summer. But whatever. And then you're like, what's up with your friend's scars? Like, what a, like, you're an adult. Like, you're an adult human. Right. Like, act like it. Jeez. And so, yeah, it's like that in and of itself is terrible. But yeah, like, she'd be such a pretty girl otherwise. And I was like, I don't know. Like, that's pretty irredeemable. Like, I don't know if you can come back from that one for me, mom. Like, that's terrible. Yeah. That's a terrible thing to say. Oh, that was really messed up. And like, of course, Another thing, too, is, like, this book was written in, what, like, 2004? So we had, like, a lot... Society was a lot different back then. I'm sure Dessen wrote this in a way that's, like, look how mean this mom is being. Like, I'm sure sure Dessen wasn't, like, I agree with this. But I'm just, like, oh, my God. I, I, I just can't believe that that was the first thing she said. It just feels really dark yeah and also it's like another way and improves that like sometimes you know younger people are just better and more understanding like the fact that macy first you know she was like why did you say that when she's like it must be horrible for her and macy's like what why you know like that is unfathomable to her that her mom would even think like that this is a bad thing for christy and yeah like that's just so weird to me like sometimes you know as taylor once said like when you're young people assume you know nothing but i think that like kids and Mm -hmm. teenagers like even though teenagers can be very mean to each other i think sometimes they have such a better grasp on like i don't know how to be a human and show empathy (laughs) than adults do yeah i think like i mean that's what you always hear um is like racism is taught yeah like prejudice is taught like nobody's born like that so this is just like one of those moments where she's probably not even thinking like she's not thinking like I'm teaching my daughter to like hate certain parts of people based on you know tragedy but she is you know right it's like you don't realize that what you're saying is imprinting on your kids in like a big way Um, obviously Macy's past that but you know still And Macy says, of course, Christy wasn't beautiful. Her flaws were right there where anyone could see. Of course, we were over my dad's passing. Just look around. We were successful. Good in school. Fine. Just fine. I'd never spoken up to say otherwise. So I had no one to blame but myself. And this is Christy. I'm I'm sorry. This is Macy just being like, yeah, of course, this is what my mom is thinking. Like everything's really black and white for her right now because that's how she's controlling her grief. Yeah. (sighs) Oh. man this Mm. yeah this chapter it's just oh boy i really got like i guess you know we 
in this lullaby, I mean, in every Sarah Dessen, they have such interesting relationships with their mother, not the best relationships with their mother. But I think the truth about brother is one of the rare times where I like literally get heated about certain things that the mother does in this. So this chapter, there's a chapter coming up in a little bit. Um, probably next episode we'll be discussing it where I just, and again, I think overall she's a good person. And I think that she's going through something and, you know, as we've discussed, but mm-hmm. ooh, like I get, I remember the first time I read this, like I got so angry at her at one point in this book. I was like, this woman. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Just, I feel like certain mothers that I've reread now as an adult, I'm like a little bit more understanding to. Like Remy's mom, I still am like, wow, you mm-hmm. need to be more of an adult. Like your daughter's taking care of you and you'll see it with like Scarlet's mom and stuff like that. But like certain things, I think upon rereading it years later, I'm like, oh, I kind of, I'm like a little bit more sympathetic to them. But there are things in this book that I still am just like, nope, I'm still just as heated as I was when I was 13 and I first read this. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you know, of course she's going through something and her brain is like putting things into little neat boxes so that she can pretend like she's fine and in control. But it's like, this is this part is just so mean. But she goes back into the kitchen and Christy and Wes are looking at the Southern Living. And (laughs) they are looking at... Iron Herons, which is a callback to when um, Caroline and Macy were at the farmer's market looking at Wes's stuff. So they have kind of like a little inside joke here where Wes is like, oh, they're huge in Atlanta. (laughs) And like, it's just cute, whatever. And then Christy, obviously seeing that they have their own thing going on. She's like, I'm going to go watch TV. Yeah, I love I, I love that like it's such a like kind of funny cute moment. It's like right after a very like this small moment. But yeah, I love their little inside joke there. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. And then she sits with him and he's like, Is everything okay? She's like, Yeah, I guess. Like she just doesn't want to talk about it right now. And then she's like, I don't understand the iron herons. And Wes like explains it in like the most perfect way. He's like, they're very clean and simple. People like that. And they have a wildlife thing going for them. So they fit into a garden theme. And the artist takes himself very seriously. (laughs) And then they look at the artist's like profile. and And one of the quotes from him is, to me, my herons represent the fragility of life and destiny. And I wrote LOL because that's just so funny. It's just an iron hair in my guy. Like, calm down, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they talk about, like, you know, oh, just wait. Like, someday you'll be posted and, uh, like, you'll have a feature in Southern Living and you'll be posed by one of your works talking about, you know, the true deep meaning of it. Uh, and I just think, again, this is really cute. This is really cute. It's just, like, a really nice moment. And also, like, shows that, like, she believes in his work. Like, we were talking about how nice it was that Carolyn, who, like, clearly is very into this kind of stuff, showed up and was like, oh, just wait. Like, you're going to be showing big somewhere. But I think, you know, it's really nice when, you know, we talk a lot about, like, our friends that listen to the show and stuff. And my friend Katie reached out and said that her uh, younger sister, Courtney, had listened to – had started listening and, you know, thought it was really cool that we got shouted out by Sarah Dessen. And it's so nice, like, when your Mm -hmm. friends, you know, support you and whatever. So I just think, like, it's just a nice moment of, like, you know, more than friends. But, but, like, (laughs) nice little friendly support. Like, it just really sucks when you, like, feel like you're doing something and, like, not even your friends can, like, Mm -hmm. show up for you. Like, I I, I hate to be the person who, like, references The Office. But the only time I think I, like, ever liked Michael Scott in The Office was when – he showed up for Pam, like, and no one else said, he's like, I want to buy that art and whatever. And it's like, oh, that just like makes my heart so happy when friends and family, you know, are supportive of, of something you're clearly very passionate about. Yeah, that episode made me cry for sure. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they completely abandoned her entire artist storyline and just made her a pregnant person. So anyway. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> <laughs> justice for pam justice for pam had this whole really awesome story arc and whatever that was season three about like how she was tired of like aligning herself with men and she was going to go to art school and she was burned she was walking over fire and whatever and then yeah they just kind of like completely (laughs) abandoned she like drops out of the art program jim proposes and then that's it 
pretend that she's just working in the paper place yeah. with Jim. And that's it. Very true. It's like, okay. But, yeah, gosh. Damn it, the office. And I know it's like you can't have her leave the office because she wouldn't be on the show anymore. But, like, I don't know. They could have had her, like, doing some commissions with her art stuff on the side of her working at the paper company. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> anyway, back to the point to of the this point podcast. Of this. Back to the truth about forever and not our hostility against plot points <laughs> the in the office. office. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So they're just, like, having this little, you know, conversation or whatever. And he says that, you know, he's, like, being realistic that he wouldn't, like, you know, show up somewhere like that. And um, he happens to say something about, oh, that he was in reform school. Yeah, because he was like, oh, you know, uh, they started being arrested and getting sent to reform school. And she's like, that could be your angle, you know. Um, And so, of course, mom, around there eavesdropping. So she, like, pulls Macy to the side again and is all like, did that boy say he's been arrested? And it's like, oh, gosh, here we go again. And she's like, oh, great. This is a great thing for you to hear. And she's like, oh, you know, it was a long time ago and, and whatnot. And her mom is basically like, the second this show is over, these people are leaving. And I don't want you, like, having them around and blah, 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 blah. <sighs> Another really bad moment for mom. I understand if you hear, if your teenage daughter is sitting at a table, clearly into a boy, and he says, I was arrested. It's alarming, but some a couple things to consider. When was he arrested? What did he do? How old was he? Like, you know, like, get the full story before you make a judgment. He didn't, like, he wasn't, like, yeah. he didn't go to jail for murder or, like, some sex crime. Like, he just was being a dumb teenage boy right. and just got the short end of the stick with the punishment. But yeah, mom is like, okay, done with those people. Absolutely not. Don't want you hanging out with them outside of work. I don't know if she said that already, but she does say that eventually. And then she just so happens to announce to the entire house so everyone can hear that Jason is coming home for the weekend and he's going to see her at the library tomorrow. And... That was also a really shitty moment by mom. She's like obviously trying to push Wes away and bring, you know, Macy back to this like perfect life with Jason. And it's not. Jason is boring. Okay, mom. And he needs therapy. Stop pushing him on your daughter. (laughs) And he's not nice to her. Like at all. (laughs) No, he's not a good boyfriend. He's not nice to her. Like, why would you even want? Because he's smart. I, it's just like what the Macy is like really starting to like go through a big transition during these chapters that we've read. But here she's like she sits back down in the living room and they're talking about like the mega tsunami that could kill everybody at any moment. And Macy's like, what other proof I thought did you need that life was short? That volcano could already be rumbling mega magma bl- bubbling up pressure building an inevitable irre- irrevocable. Is that how you pronounce that? Oh, irrevocable. Yeah. The inevitable, irrevocable, irrevocable. Now I'm doubting myself. No, I think that's right. Irrevocable. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. If any. We're good at words. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you know, there's always those words you only read and you don't know how to pronounce them. Yes. So yeah, Macy's starting to finally be like, okay, life is short and could end at any moment. What am I doing? Again, she says, all I could think was that right there in every passing second was the future winding itself down. Never would forever with all its meanings be so clear and distinct as in the true guaranteed end of the world. So yeah, so she woke up and she is talking about like a bad dream that she had um, about her dad, which she, I think she's like talking about the fact that she hasn't had any she hasn't like dreamed about him in a minute but this was like a really particularly bad kind of you know anxiety inducing dream which oh and you know she's thinking about how like all the things she has going on today she has to work the library and she has to be back in time for the fourth of july picnic and supposedly she's going to be seeing jason and plus the bad dream plus the fact that her mom was like an absolute tool the night to her before um yeah she's kind of she's kind of going through it this morning she's she's not starting off on the, the right foot Oh, yeah. This is where 
mom, first of all, can't even commit to sitting down and having a conversation with her daughter. She keeps getting up and answering the phone and getting distracted, like, which makes Macy feel like her job yeah. and her client base is more important than Macy, which is upsetting. Yeah. And, but eventually she gets out her thought, which is that she doesn't want them hanging out with, um, which she doesn't want her hanging out with those wish people outside of work. Which, yeah, she doesn't want, the, she's just like, she's like, I don't want you hanging out with those people anymore. Christy lives in a double wide. The other boy was arrested. And I'm a huge, massive, rich white woman <laughs> snob. So I just am like, no thanks. I don't want to get to know these people. I'm just telling you, no. I can't imagine. Again, I understand that parents sometimes will be like, hey, I don't want you hang out with this person. And usually for like a good reason. But this is the worst reason. This is the worst reason. <laughs> you, like, they are not bad people. They are good people. They are the first people that has made your daughter happy. She's finally like thriving and coping and doing okay. And you're going to forbid her from seeing them. And it just, I can't, I don't understand. And she like, again, because she's finally like becoming brave and willing to talk about her thoughts and feelings and not do her normal. I'm fine. Just fine. Macy routine. She was like trying to talk to her mom about the bad dreams she had. And her mom just like completely shut it down and was like, you don't sleep well when it's hot. Was your room too hot? And what, like, cause like that's the reason and not because your daughter went through a massive emotional trauma. Like what? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so she basically completely shuts down Macy, finally actually trying to have like a real conversation with her and then tells her that she forbids her from seeing these people outside of work. So 10 out of 10, mom, you're, you're doing great. You're doing wonderful or you're killing it. Clearly. Those things happen in the opposite order. She tells her she can't hang out with those people, and then she tries to oh, yeah. talk to her about. She tries to talk to her about that, yeah. And she, like, yeah, she's like, <clears throat> she's like, you have to realize, Macy, the choices you make now, the people you surround yourself with, they all have the potential to affect your life. And she's like, do you understand what I'm saying? Which, oh my god, I'm like, I was terrible at being a teenager because I have always, still to this day, had a huge problem with authority figures so when people tell me like i can't do something it just like makes me so mad i'm like you don't know the things better than me you don't know things better than me but anyway so i'm like triggered <laughs> right now but anyway she's like so macy says in fact i knew this to be true now more than ever before with just a few weeks of being friends with christy and more importantly wes i had changed <laughs> they helped me <laughs> to see their <laughs> That was a good one. I like that. <laughs> They'd helped me to see there was more to the world than just the things that scared me. So they had affected me, just not in the way she was afraid of. And which is like exactly like talk to your daughter, listen to her, figure out these people, and don't just make you know rash decisions because she's pulling away from you and you don't like that. Yep. And then she <laughs> says too, like everyone else could get through to my mother. All they had to do was dial a number and wait for her to pick up. But it's not that easy for Macy. Like, Macy can't get through to her mother at all. Yep. Ugh. Just breaks my little heart. And she's really starting to get pissed. Yeah. Like, she's really starting to be like, this is bullshit. Her mom has to drive her to work. And she just kind of decides that things are going to be different in this car ride. She says, she'd taken my dad's stuff from me, his memories. And now she wanted to take my friends, too. The least I could do is fight back. And then this is when she like tries to talk to her about the dream about dad and mom just like shuts down completely. Well, yeah, she says here on the top of page 270 about how, you know, the dream, she's like, he was in trouble and I couldn't save him. It scared me. And she says these four sentences blurted out too fast for the most I had said to my mother about my dad since he died. The very fact that they had been spoken were able to bridge the gap from my mind to the open air was akin to a miracle, and I waited wait, what would come next, partly scared, partly exhilarated. And it's like, uh, and her mom just like, it was only a dream. It's mm. uh, the biggest groan. God, mom. Like, two chapters in a row, I'm I'm with Macy. I'm pissed. Like, yeah. I think she has every right to be pissed. This is so frustrating it's like a super common thing like in america to be like okay i just need to like not feel negative feelings and everything will be fine like a toxic positivity mindset a like don't you know 
displaying feelings is like an embarrassing thing. Um, right. And you worked with me, so you know that I don't hold my emotions back ever. <laughs> and I just feel like that is what you need to do because if you don't feel your emotions, you're never going to be able to yeah. move forward. Like if you don't feel right. your grief, you're you're just going to be like a shutdown. You're not going to be living your life anymore. And it, you have to, you got to face it. You got to go to therapy and you have to cry and you have to feel like shit. And it's just part of living. Yeah. I mean, I get, yeah, like there is that very much like fake it till you make it mentality. And I understand in certain situations you have to fake it till you make it. Like me waking up early for work every day and being like, hey, I'm so excited to be awake right now. It's fake it till you make it. Like that's an okay <laughs> fake it till you make it, you know, and the coffee helps. But yes. literally something like grief or trauma or yeah, any negative emotion, like you can't fake it till you make it with that. Like you're, you're going to burst at, at some point. And I think when I was a teenager, I, I was not the best at that sometimes. Like with my friendships, I would just like let these little things build mm -hmm. up, build up, build up. And then I would. I would just like a damn, I would just like mm -hmm. absolutely unleash my emotions. And it would lead to big fights and big blowups sometimes. And just like me absolutely being, you know, so sad and whatever. And I remember one time my mom was like, why don't you, you know, because I, I was talking to her about this thing that happened with my friend. And she's like, well, it sounds like these five things bothered you. And then on the sixth thing, like it was just the needle that broke the haystack and you blew up. And she's like, why don't you just start telling her when the five little things happen? And it's like, oh, I don't want to be difficult and whatever. And it's like, yeah, like I think sometimes people are afraid that their emotions make them difficult. But no, yeah. like I'm so much more of a positive person now that I just like let people know on the one little thing and not let five little things blow up into a big thing, you know? So, right. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and I would much rather like if I do something to upset my friends, I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think yeah, just coming to to someone. Yeah, I I never intentionally and I I'm certain I do upset people all the time and I like I, I hope not all the time, but occasionally I'm sure I upset people and I certainly never intentionally do that. Like I really you know, whenever I want to. So someone I yeah, like, I definitely want people to come up to me and be like, hey, what's up with that and whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I did not realize I will go ahead and, and fix that behavior. And I won't right. do that to you again, you know, but yeah, totally, especially yeah, in a work environment where you're not because like with your friends, like you kind of know how to act and what to say and, and whatever, you know, not all the time, but most of the time. But when it's people like colleagues where you're like, we're together all the time, but also like, we're not tight you know what I mean like we're not yeah. like friends you know, like sometimes obviously colleagues become friends hi look we have podcasts together and we once worked together but you know a lot of people are just gonna be people that you work with and you never see outside of work and particularly those type of people like you know everyone comes from different backgrounds everyone's got different things going on in their life not everyone's expected to know all of those things and sometimes people are just having very good not days and the little thing you say to them could just be like that tipping point and yeah and if that's the yeah. case like please I would definitely want someone to let me know and I'd be like oh my god I'm so sorry I didn't realize you were going through all of that today Feel your feelings, man. Yes. It's good. We've discussed many times we're pro therapy here on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> you know, feel your feelings. That's what's going to make you a happy, healthier person. And yeah, yeah, no, nothing, no shame in in that. There, Macy's mom. Gosh, Deborah. Ugh. Deborah. Deborah Queen. Come on, lady. Why is it always? We've discussed Winter Hill in this podcast a few times at this point. Why is it always that like? like you know Deborah like not I loved Deb by the way so did I, so did but like, like hardcore I stand Deb but you know like in the beginning they, I feel like they 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 did a really good job like changing the development of her character Big over team. time like that first season they wanted her to be kind of like the rich mom like whatever and Macy's mom Deborah Queen is giving off those vibes so mm -hmm. yeah that's just funny something about the name Deborah just makes someone sound like they should be a snobby rich lady my favorite Deb storyline from One Tree Hill is definitely when she starts dating um skills skills when she starts dating yeah. I was like swoop swish <laughs> I was like what the hell is this guy <laughs> I could literally see your wheels churning there because you were like like it was on like you know people always like oh it's on the tip of your tongue but like literally in your your facial expression you were like like we're so ready to say it and I was like 
skills. <laughs> yeah, so when she dates skills, that's like my favorite storyline of Deb's. I agree. 10 out of 10. Or what's his real name? Antoine, I think, because she would always call him his real name. He's skills in my heart, though. Yeah, Antoine. <laughs> skills forever. Oh, man. But yeah, no, I agree. That's a, that is a great Deb story. That's a great skills storyline. Mm-hmm. I love uh, skills. Yeah. They should have, they did a lot yeah. with him, but they should have done more. In my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm very happy that he got a lot more screen time in like the later yeah. seasons. They realized that he he clearly like the actor was pretty great and the character was pretty great and they gave him some more to do. But yeah, skills. That I, I think I've mentioned this before, but if I haven't, that's my brother in law's favorite character on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Respect. Same. Same. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so she's you know, getting dropped off at the library, the GD library. And she says that, you know, she walks in, she's, you know, a little bit late and she's explaining that the, it was traffic, which again, her mom, who is even more like, like we said, all the adults in her life for some odd reason are obsessed with her and this library job. So her mother is the one who drove her. So it's not like, again, like she was some bad teenager, like there was a legitimate traffic jam. And I think it's Amanda who says like, Oh, you know, I come from that direction. And I didn't co- encounter any traffic. And it's like, yeah, because you're probably one of those weirdos who leaves like two hours early for a job that's 15 minutes down the street or something. Right. Like you probably <laughs> left at like 8 a.m. to get there by nine. Yeah. And, you know, and not to mention, she probably would have been on time if she, if her car wasn't blocked in her driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But they also do this thing where they're like, they like put shit in her way so that she can't get to her desk, like their chairs and the trash can. And she's, and then they stacked periodicals on her chair. And she says, I had been putting up with this for weeks, weeks. Why? Because I had an obligation to who? Not to Jason, who'd shed his commitment to me as easily as a second ill-fitting skin. And certainly not my mother, who for all the time I suffered here, still thought I wasn't dedicated enough. It just wasn't worth it. Not even close. Yes. 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 Yes, Come on with that realization. This chapter, yes, this is the one that I knew you would be waiting for. And I was like, just wait. You're mm-hmm. going to love I love, love this chapter. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Wes stops by uh, because he has a question for her, specifically her, because it's about the job that, you know, the job she likes, Wish. And so, of course, he waltzes in. And as we all know, all the ladies swoon over Wes because he's very attractive, both, you know, physically and just in every way. He's just an overall attractive guy. And, of course, Bethany and Amanda are, like, fighting to get him. But they're like, she's just a trainee. She doesn't know anything. Come and talk to us. And he's like, nope. The question is actually for her. Only she will be able to answer it. And so, you know, he asks his question. And he does he, ask Bethany the question. But, but yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course. Of course she does not know it. <laughs> and it's so good. And then he looks, he yeah, says, Wes looked at Amanda. Do you know? Because like he asked Bethany, and of course she does not know. And then he asked Amanda. And then he's like, All right, he said, better ask the trainee then, Macy. Like, I love that Wes is just immediately passive aggressive to them. Like, I've never loved him more. And I already really loved him. <laughs> yeah. Stand up for your stand up for your girl. Um, yes. I also want to mention that when he first walks in, he is described as walking with his slow lopping walk that I knew so well. Lopping. Loping? Lopping. I think lopping. Yeah. And one thing about a Dessin love interest is he's going to have a slow looping walk. Lopping walk. Yeah. If we're pronouncing that right. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are reading it. You know. It's- you know. You know the walk. <laughs> you know the walk. It's in, it's every main character, a love interest, and we love it. I love a slow little saunter. That's how my dog yeah. walks, and I think it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Is your dog secretly the male lead in a Sarah Dessen novel? <laughs> she just, like, saunters through, like, the house sometimes, and she's just like, like mm, I'm like, okay, yes, you control us. It's fine. <laughs> And she knows it. She knows it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. they Here they are in the library. Wes is just being oh, absolutely adorable because he's just like putting these ladies in their place where they deserve to be put. And so she's asking him like, oh, you know what's going on? And he's like, oh, typical wish chaos, you know. And then, of course, he knows, which also, also it was announced to the entire house that Jason was supposed to show up today 
And I know that this is legit, that, like, he really did need to ask Macy this question, but part of me thinks that, like, anyone could have volunteered, and Wes was like, I'll go! Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll go! I'll go to the library! Because he knew that Jason was showing up. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, like, he was showing up because he wanted to sniff out the competition and, you know, like, I don't know, just something about it is kind of oddly adorable to me. So, yeah, he asked her, like, oh, has the boyfriend shown up yet? And, you know, oh, no, not not yet. And um, so he's like, oh, you know, it could be worse. Like, you could be dealing, like, what would we have to and whatever. And then she's like, you know what? Maybe I can. Like, maybe I will just go work today with wish instead of a full library job because like i i'm over this and so she's like um she just announces to bethany amanda like hey you know i think i'm gonna go and both of them are like your shift doesn't end for another hour and she's like well something tells me you're not really going to miss me (laughs) it's like yes tell them so she stands up she pushes her chair Wes, of course is there watching the whole thing and she uh she takes one look look around and again they always have shit in her way so there's all this stuff she she cannot escape this freaking desk this freaking info desk and so she says but i know one thing if this was my forever i didn't want to spend another second of it here which yes 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 queen go off get the hell out of there and so bethany's all like if you leave now you can't come back and she's just like, you're right. I can't. Like, <laughs> Thanks. Good riddance. Awesome. Can't wait to never have to set foot in here again. And she just jumps, like literally leaps over the info desk to get out of there. She says, I hoisted myself up, throwing one leg over and jumped the counter while Bethany and Amanda watched stunned. Wow. Wes said, raising his eyebrows as I picked up my purse. Nice dismount. And she just waltzes on out of there, which like iconic (laughs) this whole library scene from start from the moment she arrived at the library until the moment she left is absolutely perfect no notes this is perfectly written this hits like everybody everybody's wanted to quit a job like this everybody has Mm -hmm. and this is like you you are like it's so satisfying it's so satisfying like it's like Cause she doesn't do anything mean. She doesn't do anything like right. destructive. She just is like, you know what? Fuck you guys. And she leaves. And this means that Jason's going to show up and immediately hear this story, which is like even better. I'm just like, I love it so much. Like literally badass bitch mm-hmm. with a capital B. Like that's what this moment is. Mm-hmm. What an absolute badass. <laughs> yeah. This moment is like, I wish I could have had a moment like this, but yeah, I never heard I wish I could have quit my movie theater job because I hated my GM with a fiery burning passion. I wish I could have like jumped over the concession stand and been like, out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but alas, I didn't. But I'm really proud of Macy. If anyone deserved to quit a job like this, it was Macy quitting this job for sure. And yeah, I hope Jason trolled up like 10 minutes later and Bethany and Amanda were like, not only did she straight up dismount off the info desk, but she left with a really hot guy. <laughs> Yep. Oh, so good. So, chapter 15. Yeah. We are on good old Sweetbud Drive because, of course, Macy just absolutely was a badass and left the library job. So she's now off to go help the Wish crew set up for their catering event. And she's been tasked with hanging out with Lucy, kind of her and Wester babysitting Lucy because Delia was saying that it was just too much. They were trying to make potato salad and Lucy was getting underfoot, which, yeah, toddlers are known to do that. Mm-hmm. So were just, I was just like, oh, my God, how adorable. Like, Wes hanging out with his, you know, like, little cousin with Macy. Like, that's really cute. And Wes is kind of just explaining to – oh, no, I don't think we're right there. I was going to say he's, like, talking about how great she is, but we get to that in a minute. He's just – he's so proud of his girl, which, like, same Wes, same, but – we get to that in a minute. So anywho, you know, they're hanging out, they're like drawing and, you know, as toddlers do, it's like scribbles and she's like, cow? <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh-huh, yeah, it's a cow, Lucy, great job. And so Wes gets called over to go help like lift something or whatever and Bert's offended because he's like, I could have done it. And, you know, Wes is like, okay, I'm coming, you know, are you okay with Lucy for me? And she's like, yeah. So Lucy ends up kind of like toddling out and she – start showing Macy like 
there's like little versions of the heart and hands, like at the, his little heart and hand series, there's like miniature version. She like at the farmer's market and obviously like on the street and a couple places I've seen like the larger versions, but this is the first time she sees the little ones. Um, and I love how like Lucy like loves them. And also like she goes and puts her hand in it and then like basically, you know, asks Macy to do the same. She's like hand and like puts it on. And I just, again, it was one of those scenes that like the way it's written, you can perfectly picture and you're like, yes, this is exactly how like a toddler would, you know, act and whatnot. So it was just a cute little scene. And then Wes comes back and she's like, Oh, you know, I didn't know that you made small ones. And he's like, Oh, yeah, they never really caught on. Um, so then she asks about the potato salad. Is it ready to mix? Because, the you know, what they were boiling and chopping and stuff, they were on babysitting duty. And then when it came time to mix, they were all going to get in there together. And turns out that the client actually doesn't want potato salad anymore. And this kind of starts where everything is going right which is very unlike wish like that never never happens and basically for the rest of the chapter things go right and continue to go right and it's really stressing Delia out <laughs> I one thing I did want to note it note is there was like a perfect moment between them that was just like so m- minimal but it, it just like caught me yes. um she he like Wes is like you were kick-ass and she's like I wasn't kick-ass and he said maybe not to you and then literally a page later she's like she sees like where all of his art stuff is and she's like so that's where the magic happens and he said it's not magic and she says maybe not to you and I just thought that was like a perfect little conversational callback I love their banter Dustin is just like so good at the details and again, just like look at both of them like being proud of each other. Like Wes is so impressed by Macy, like the way she quit her job. And I love that because same Wes, like I can relate. I'm also very impressed with the way she quit her job. But I just think it's so cute. And again, I just every time she's like impressed by his art and, you know, he's very humble about it. And every time she's like, mm. so yeah, that's cute. But yeah, I love the kind of like full circle-ness of that moment. 100% that is adorable. So, yes, everything is blessed and Macy being absolutely adorable, being absolutely supportive, which, again, is just another thing that, like, shows the difference between Wes and Jason that, like, mm-hmm. just, I don't know. Yeah, like, Jason is not, like, the supportive, you know, oh, like, you, like, kick yeah, you kicked ass in there kind of guy. And Wes is just, like, so easily the comments come, you know, and we love that. Adorbs. We love that. It's because he really likes her as opposed to Jason, who I think it was more of like a image thing. Yeah, for sure. And he needed a secretary. So who better than yeah. Lucy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jason thinks that girlfriends are secretaries. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, everything is going really, really smooth. And at first, Macy is like, I don't know why this is, like, stressing. Like, we should all just be thankful for this. Like, I don't know why this is, you know, wigging Dilly out. But it's things like, you know, at first they think um, that they haven't packed enough burgers. And actually, they have they have a surplus. And then, like, with the vegetarian option, she thinks that, you know, like, oh, I, I should bring more. And then she doesn't end up bringing more. And that actually works out because, like, no one wants them, which – their vegetarian burgers sound really good. And I was annoyed at these people at this party for not coming and eating them. Um, 2004. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so here in the middle of all of this on this like really smooth, we call it a 4th of July miracle maybe, you know, Sarah Dustin's favorite holiday that of course everything would go smoothly for the the wish crew um of course we all actually know why everything's going so smoothly is because there is going to be a big not so smooth moment coming up but here we have this really beautiful conversation between delia and macy about her mother and from the perspective obviously of delia who is a mother not only to her actual children but you know she kind of had to take in her sister's kids and and help raise them and so she's talking about you know um like macy saying like she shut off her cell phone because she didn't want to hear from jason she didn't want to hear from her mom like she just wanted to like not have to think about it until six o'clock when she had to go help out her mother so she's like i just need this afternoon to like not have to worry about it you know and so mm-hmm. she's saying like oh you know i'm really worried about my mom you know that i quit the job and stuff because of course all of her friends think it's great but she knows that her mom won't and so Daly asked, you know, do you really think she'll be mad from what you've said about the job? You were miserable there. And it's like, thank you. Yes, that is what a normal mother 
would how they would react like Delia's like you're miserable like why would you want to work there and it's like yes exactly like thank you like I think Macy kind of needed to hear that and so Macy's like yeah I was but I made a commitment and she thought the job would look good on my my, on my transcript and all of that you know she just like wants me to be perfect and Delia kind of says like you know take it from me I'm a mother and at the end of the day like all I want for for Wes and Bert and Lucy and you know this unborn kid is for them to be happy and healthy like that's all that matters to me you know and um so Macy's like oh you know my mom's not like that and she's like okay you know so what is she like and she says you know since my dad died she's had to carry the whole business there's always so much to do I worry about her a lot and you know like I think she works too much and um but I think she does that because it makes her feel safe and so Delia says you know I, I get that like obviously Delia lost her sister she understands grief and she says you know losing someone can make you feel out of control totally so and then this whole next little bit here is kind of long, but I think worth reading because it's a good yeah. uh, passage here. Um, she says, I can understand that, Delia said softly. Losing someone can make you feel very out of control. Totally so. Oh, I just read that. Sorry. Starting with I know. My bad. I know I said, but it's not really fair. Like after my dad died, I wanted to be okay for her. So I was. Even when I had to lost my page when I had to fake it but now when I really do feel okay she's not happy with me because I'm not perfect anymore grieving doesn't make you imperfect Delia said quietly as Bert came back out to the van adjusting one of the carts inside it makes you human we all deal with things differently Macy your mom is missing your dad in her own way every day maybe you should ask her about it and I love that entire thing because I agree with Macy it's not fair like she's finally you know feeling okay and now her mom's like mad at her for that basically and is acting like she's wrong now and she's like no like I finally actually feel right and then I love you know Delia's response which is like yeah like grieving doesn't make you imperfect and I, I think that's really important and I think Macy really needed to hear that because to her like her mother basically has instilled in her that if she grieves that she's not perfect and like what that's <laughs> Right. nine of course you're still but first of all perfection is not a thing that exists and yet yeah, yeah, yeah but you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah so i just i love that whole thing and i love that Delia's like you know we all deal with this differently and so she says that um i, I like how that her being like you know like maybe you should ask her about it which again is a lot easier said than done but yeah i just love this whole moment like it's like this beautiful mother-daughter moment, even though obviously Delia is not Macy's mom. But it's like these are all the things I think Macy needs to hear from a mother. And if her mom isn't able to say it right now, I'm glad that she heard it from someone's mom, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> this book deal like talks about grief in such like a beautiful and comprehensible way. Like in in her just being like everyone mourns at their own pace you're just ahead of her like it gets easier I promise like all of this is just oh yeah it's so helpful for Delia um, for Delia first of all that's not even her name and second of all really right it's Delilah no, no. you're right oh my god <laughs> is there like so you know how like dyslexia is you know like you the words and whatnot is there like a thing for names because i think you have it <laughs> i know it's so embarrassing it's like... <laughs> and then wrapping up the party it's officially they're done like they've done the whole you know shebang and still everything is going right and macy even admits at this point she's like you know like I hate to admit it, but I'm kind of with Delia. Like, I just a little chaos to balance it out, you know? So they're all wrapped up. And here we go. Um, just as we're leaving, she got her wish. It happened as we were packing the last of our stuff into the van. Wes and I were pushing into the carts, and Delia was at the top of the driveway getting her truck from the client, who was so entirely happy with her catering experience that she was paying full price and adding a bonus, which was another first. Which, yes, for this poor little catering company, it is. So all was great, wonderful, perfect. And then I heard a shriek. It wasn't Delia. Nope, it was the client. Reacting to the fact that Delia's water had just broken, the baby was on its way. Dun, 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 the cliffhanger! Also, really quick, before that, um, before that, real quick, 
Wes and Macy are talking to each other and he's like less she's like less than an hour before shit hits the fan and he's like oh yeah with Jason and she's like no not Jason my mom and he's like oh she's like I haven't even thought about Jason and he's like interesting <laughs> and she's like yeah I mean we're over I finished realizing this myself as I said it I could only imagine Jason's response to me quitting the info desk he'd never want me back now and that I realized was just fine with me it's over I said again we're over and he said wow are you and then he gets cut off oh yeah because this person actually wanted the vegetarian option and they never got back to that and he was like we'll talk about it later and I'm like talk about it now (laughs) talk about it now also I had to start reading chapter 16 because I was like I can't end here Um, (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait for our next episode I'm so excited some good stuff is coming down the pipe y'all some really good stuff Oh, God, mm-hmm. this book is just so good. This episode is going to be dropped on Bethany's birthday. So make sure everyone says happy birthday to Bethany. Thank you, everyone, um, in advance. <laughs> and when this podcast episode comes out, that means our merchandise is live. So get on our website. It's my birthday and I wanted merch. So we're making it happen. (laughs) We're making it happen. We have some great t-shirts. We have a mug. We have a tote bag. We have stickers. Things are there. Um, We can't wait for you to rock your hate spinner bait merch out in the world. And I can't wait to buy my own. If someone were to wear their hate spinner bait shirt to a Taylor Swift concert, which I don't know why they would, but if they did, I think I could die happy. I think I would cry. <laughs> yes. I mean, you, okay, so I have, there's one on there that's like a pink. So you could definitely wear the pink hate spinnerbait. Yeah. yeah. Or you could like rock the tote bag. Can you bring bags into the shelves? I don't know. No. Probably not. No. They have to be a, a see-through. Yeah, you're right. Dang. Well, you, if you're traveling, like Michael and I are both traveling to our shows. If you're traveling to a Taylor Swift concert and you wear it, or you bring your tote bag to travel things in, Please stop a picture. Even that'll count. I, I still will be really happy with that. Even yes. if you just like wore it in the weekend or the same day as the Taylor Swift concert. Yes. Like just anytime you wear your merch anywhere, take a picture, tag us, yeah, show us. Cool. If your account's private, just DM us. We want to see it. So we're really excited about that. And we hope you guys are excited. And yeah. Yeah. This is big. This, this is, is very big. big. I'm yeah. Very excited. I can't wait to see the first like person. It'll probably be my mom who sends a picture of us. <laughs> but if it's not my mom, if it's any of you other listeners, even if it's my mom, mom, I want you to know I'm excited to see you in our merch. Um, I'll be very excited. So yeah, we're. I mean, we're just having pictures of us in it. So yeah, please, please go check it out. I'm excited and, and keep listening and keep living your best life. And <laughs> we love you and we hope you have a great week and take care of yourselves. Bye.